welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, delivers a message titled, The Power of Pentecost. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate? What a great weekend. Let's thank the Lord. Welcome to those of you who are online. Miraculous, revolutionary, the greatest ever. We're inundated by a flood of extravagant claims as we click through TV commercials and social media ads, aren't we? The messages leap out at us. The products assure us that they're new, improved, and improving. Virtually all of them claim to be able to change our lives for the better, and for only a few dollars. We can have whiter teeth and flawless hair and thinner bodies and better whatever the claim is, right? Automobiles and AirPods and even undergarments guarantee to bring us happiness. More friends, the life you've always wanted. And just when you thought it was safe to go outside, you can't match the politician's promises. (laughs) Build back better. I had to, I had to. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap these days. And all too often we realize the inflated boasts are utterly hollow. They're just as hollow as they can be, not even close to representing the truth. And if we're not careful, we as believers can end up in the same boastful boat. If we're not careful, You see, it requires more than us just saying we believe in Jesus. How many of you understand today that we need the power of God in our lives? We need the power of God in our lives to prove that what God did at Pentecost 2,000 years ago was still effectual today. That what God did in sending the Holy Spirit, what he did in providing power for us, what he did in opening our mouths, what he did in changing our hearts, what he did to us in moving our hands and our feet towards the glory of him who is risen. We need that power today. We, we need to be loosed and free. We need to find the power so that we can have the proof. Would you join me in praying? Father, we love you. And we thank you on this day that you would change us from the inside out. Give us the power of Pentecost, that we might prove to a dying world, a a miserably dying world, a world that needs you so badly that you are the Christ. Come on church, say you are the Christ. Christ. For it's in your name we pray and all God's people said. Amen and amen. James chapter two, verse 14 says this, what good is it my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? It's a rhetorical question. It's answered before we even ask it. The proof of having faith in Christ is the evidence of a changed life, or if you will, a changed life style. Come on somebody, a changed life style. If we intend to change, then we must change what we do. Everybody say do. In other words, if you don't change what you do, your genuine desire to change and your good intentions to change eventually come to not. Our desire has to be matched with our deeds, what we actually do. I want to recommend to you a book, The Christian Atheist, Believing in God, but Living as if He Does Not Exist by Craig Groeschel. He's the pastor of the largest church in America now. There are well over 100,000 people, lifechurch.tv. And uh, this book is amazing at putting together, if you're struggling, if you're saying, I want to I put some action to my faith. This is a great book. 
to have. It's a great book. And speaking of action and faith, we're ending the 90-day tithe challenge, and I wanted all of you who do tithe to encourage those who took the 90-day tithe challenge that God is faithful. Come on, church. Can we do that? You can make it a lifestyle. Listen, I just, can, can we do, can we just, can we do God better than that? Can we? Come on. God is faithful. God is faithful. Listen, he's faithful today. He's faithful tomorrow. And when you tithe, you're putting your faith in action. You're putting your faith in action. And so there were over 250 people who chose to take the 90-day tithe challenge. I want to encourage you. Yeah, it's just so good, church. It's so good. I want to encourage you to continue in that lifestyle and prove God. He is faithful. Amen? So there's power in Pentecost. We want to talk about Pentecost today. We want to talk about the proof, the power and the proof. And and today, as we get into the power of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, Jesus said in Acts uh, 1.8, here's what he said to the disciples. This is just before he was risen. He says, but you will receive power. He said, I want you to go and pray. I want you all to just go and, and fast and I pray. Lock yourselves in a room. It was the upper room. And, I, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's a concentric circle. Your neighborhood and then right around you and then your city and then your region and then your state and then America. Come on, somebody. And then the United States and, and then the world and every place in the world. He said, you're going to be my witnesses when the power of God comes on you. Now, so Pentecost happened then 50 days later. The term penta just means 50. So 50 days after this pronunciation, you see Acts chapter 2. 1 through 4, 43, 46, and 47. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were together. Everybody came together for the feast, uh, just to be together, the feast of weeks, of Shabbat. And so the whole nation had come together at Pentecost. And so the day of Pentecost had arrived. They were all together in one place. They were all hanging out, all right? Suddenly, a sound, like a violent rushing wind, came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were standing. And tongues, all right? Make sure that you note this in your Bible. Tongues, like flames of fire that were divided, all that's important, were divided, appeared to them and rested on each of them, on each of them. One fire divided, rested on each of them, all of them. The same fire rested on them individually. Then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Woo! They were filled. Take a deep breath with me. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages. As the Spirit gave them ability for speech, if we need anything in 2020, it's the ability to speak. It's the ability to speak. Then fear came over everyone and many wonders and signs are being performed through the apostles. It's not through just the words, the eloquence of teaching. Paul said he said he came in the power of the spirit. Then fear came on everyone for the many signs and wonders. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They had church. And they ate their food with joyful and a humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day, every day, say every day, Amen. the Lord added to them those who were being saved. So the Holy Spirit came 50 days after Jesus said at Penta, at Pentecost, he was poured out. He empowered believers to speak and simultaneously the church was born. The church of Jesus Christ, who was a small group of people from a man teaching in Palestine, became the most powerful religion the world has ever known because of the Holy Spirit. 
because of the Holy Spirit, because God breathed on man. Pentecost is for power. It's the baptism of Christ. Matthew 3, 11. This is John the Baptist. I baptize you with water for repentance. This is John. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's not saying two different things. Fire is representative of the person of the Holy Spirit. It's a baptism of Christ. It's a baptism of cleansing. Cleansing. Titus 3, 5 through 6. It said, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewing by the Holy Spirit, by whom he poured out on us generously through Christ, who is our Savior. In Malachi 3, 2, it says that this fire that comes from God and the baptism that comes from Pentecost is a refiner's fire. It's a fuller's soap. And so as believers, what we're experiencing here, what we're understanding, what we're trying to get our our minds around and trying to receive in our spirits is the fact that God sent the third person of the Trinity to empower us to do his work on the earth. It's a baptism that compels. It absolutely compels. This is Jeremiah 29. But if I say, this is the prophet Jeremiah who was sent to a nation that was hardened, A nation that didn't want to listen, leaders who were uh, wrong in every way, religious leaders and secular leaders who were wrong in every way, and and Jeremiah was confronting them, and here's what he says about this Holy Ghost. I will not mention him, it's okay, but if I say I will not mention him, or he's talking about God in the Old Testament, or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, A fire shut up in my bones. He was the weeping prophet and he had burning bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. When you put all this together, what do you see? You see ordinary people, fishermen and the like. Ordinary people at Pentecost had an experience with God and there was an extraordinary outpouring and the ordinary people turned the world upside down. Turned the world upside down. The ordinary, the ordinary few became the extraordinary few. The extraordinary few turned into the extraordinary millions. Because of the power of God that came at Pentecost. We need not only our salvation experience, but the power of Pentecost to come into you and me. Paul wrote to his protege, Timothy, and he said, God's spirit does not make us timid. It doesn't make us timid. It doesn't make us overbearing, but it sure doesn't make us timid. If we need something in 2020, it's the voice of love. It's the voice of reason. It's the voice of saying, let us show you there's a better way. His name is Jesus. But it gives us power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. There's a form of the Greek word timid that's found in the Bible, Matthew 8.26, where Jesus is asking the disciples, why are you afraid and why are you timid? God's spirit gives us power in the way of confidence and courage and supernatural ability to speak. How many of you just, can we just receive right now? And and I'm I'm gonna go quickly. Look, receive in the name of Jesus the ability to speak at work. Receive in the name of Jesus. We receive in the name of Jesus the ability to speak around our friends and our family. We receive the ability to speak in front of kings and kingdoms. In the name of Jesus. Pentecost empowered the mouth of the believer. The mouth of the believer. And that same Holy Spirit was separated among them all, but in unity called them all to the same Jesus. God expects us to rely on the power 
of the Holy Spirit to complete the great commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then he says, Jesus came to them and he said, okay, this is the end. He's about to be resurrected and he's saying to them, all right, guys, I'm passing you the baton. I'm passing you the baton. Then he came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me and therefore go and make disciples, not disciples, I don't know what they are. Disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you to the end of the age. There's no way we can do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no way. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone who is around you is a candidate to hear about Jesus. Everyone. Can we, can we receive that? Can I, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that every person on every plane and every car and train and automobile and everywhere we go and in the grocery store and every place around us, every person around us would be a candidate to hear about Jesus because we're empowered by Pentecost. Magician and atheist Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller, you guys probably know them, says this. I want to say it again so you don't miss it. Magician and atheist Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller says this, when Christians fail to evangelize, they're showing that they don't care for others. I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. Proselytize is a fancy word to just say, tell people about who you believe in, to see them come to faith in Jesus. I don't respect that at all. This is an atheist speaking. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life and you think that it's not really worth telling them because it would make it socially awkward and atheists who think people shouldn't proselytize who just say, leave me alone and keep your religion to yourself, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? He said, and... He said, I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that the truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And he says, and this, he's talking about the gospel being shared is supposedly way more important than that. So I empower you all to tackle somebody today. And, 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 and <laughs> gently, <laughs> gently. Listen, the, the, the power of Pentecost is the supernatural empowerment to speak for the Lord Jesus everywhere you go and in everything you do. Amen? Amen. The proof of Pentecost is our activation in God, our personal activation in God. Our activation in God, our personal activation in God. And somebody asked me years ago, how can I tell if I'm a Christian and I can say You're cha- you change every year? If you're not changing every year, then you're setting sail for a course in a destiny that you don't want to be on. We drift so easily. And and if you've come to know Jesus as Savior every year, you're saying, God, grow me. Every every year, you're saying, God, show me. God, God, move me. Don't improve me. God, change me. Fill me with your life. God, fill me with your life. So it's an activation, it's our, the proof of Pentecost. There's the power of Pentecost. The proof of Pentecost is this personal activation and then our integration with other people. I wanna talk about that in a second. When we talk about activation, we're gonna be talking through the book of James this month. It's a great book towards the end of the Bible there. Small book, five chapters, go and read the book. It's incredible because it has great instruction for us and for the church. Here's what it says. James 2 is one of the big concepts in James. James 2, 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he doesn't have 
works. Can his faith save him? We answered that question a second ago. If a brother or sister is without clothes, and he lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat well, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? If you haven't done anything, you've had faith, but you haven't done anything. In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. It goes on. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you faith from my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Watch this, I love this scripture. The demons also believe. And they shudder. Foolish man, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works and by works faith was perfected. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. This is an encouragement for all of us to get up off of our blessed assurance. I say that lovingly and to engage in personal growth, personal. And then to let the growth that God pours into your life overflow so that you connect with others. There's an interconnectedness with other people. I I wanna read you just a little excerpt from Family Research Council. I'll say it again, Family Research Council. It says, American schools have become a dangerous place America's children deserve to be protected from violence to both their bodies and their souls. Fortunately, over the last few years, we have witnessed a movement unlike any other in American history. As parents have become aware of what their children are being taught in school, without their consent, they have stood up to school boards across the nation. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me for a second. We want to partner with our school board. The school board's not the enemy. There is an enemy. He's spiritual. Okay. But I want to tell you, we can't, we have to stand up. We have to get up. We have to open our mouths. We have to go have solutions. We've got to go be problem solvers. We've got, we have the answers. Church, we have the answers. In response to parental outrage, the National School Board Association, this is NSBA, drafted a now infamous An infamous letter last September asking the Department of Justice to investigate concerned parents as domestic terrorists. This is our own government turning on its people. But just last week, the Texas Association of School Boards, and it's a big one, Texas is its own country. (laughs) Just last week, the Texas Association of School Boards formally disassociated from the National School Board Association. They're now one of 25 states that have withdrawn their membership from the NSBA. Why the sudden change? Because parents stood up. I'm not inciting you to be a thorn in the flesh. I'm inciting you to show people Jesus in the flesh. I'm inciting you. I'm, I'm, I'm imploring you that we have to have self-activation. This, 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 our faith is not enough to say we love Jesus. We have to demonstrate that we love Jesus. We have to demonstrate it. The passage we just read in James chapter two is so important to the body of Christ. I wanna make sure that you don't understand that I'm, I hope you don't hear me saying grace isn't important because grace is absolutely foundational for everything we have in faith. 
Grace is absolutely necessary and it's the basis, everybody say basis, of all of our faith. By grace we're saved through faith. It's what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith and that's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, everybody say not by works, so that we should not boast. Grace means Jesus paid the price for our salvation before we ever wanted it or asked for it we didn't do anything to earn it. There's nothing we can do to gain it. Romans 5, 2 and 8 says this. Additionally, we have also obtained access through him by faith into grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of his glory. That is God himself. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But, everybody say but. And that's a big but. You gotta be able to laugh in church, y'all. Just because it's a free gift, and it is. Some of you just get out getting it. Does not mean, just because grace is a free gift, it doesn't mean that there's no expectation once we receive it. We, we should be growing. We should be receiving the power of Pentecost. We should be speaking. We should be standing. We should be advocating. We should be loving. We should be telling. We should be reaching. Dallas Willard says it best, grace is not opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. We don't earn grace, but there should be an effort on the side of grace. Our faith in Christ should be evident in our works, in pursuing Christ in our own lives, and then letting that overflow in pursuing others in Christ. Mark 12, 30 and 31 says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no command greater than these. Those are the two greatest commandments. The sanctification means we're perfected in love. That means God and self and others. God, self, and others. There's a unification that God wants so that when we understand who we are in him, then we understand who we are because of him. And because of him being filled by him, then we love others. We love others. It, it moves. The work which James talks about is a Greek word, ergon, meaning business or employment. It's what someone intends to do. It's someone actually does. It's a deed. It's a thing done. James is explaining to his readers that authentic faith necessarily causes action in the business of God. Warren Wiersbe says it this way. True saving faith leads to action. Come on, somebody say action. Dynamic faith is not intellectual contemplation or emotional consternation. I've heard somebody say it's not emotional constipation. <laughs> it leads to obedience on the part of the will. When we reflect, when, when we fully understand who God is, our will is submitted to him. And then we have the right perspective of who we are in him. Not too high, not too low. And because of that overflow, we go and reach people for Jesus. We, we love people out of the love which God has filled us with. And this obedience is not an isolated event. It continues throughout the whole of life and it leads to good work. It's our activation. That's the proof of Pentecost. And it's our integration with others. And that's what we're doing this weekend. Ephesians 4, 1 through 8 as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble, be gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Would you say that with me? Unity of the spirit, of the spirit. through the bond of peace. So important. There's one body. There's just one. 
There's one spirit, just as you were called by one hope, you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of us all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, a grace has been given as it's been apportioned. That's why it says when he ascended on high, he left captives his train. He led in his He led in his train captives and gave gifts to men. When the gifts came down, when the Holy Spirit came down, it's the same spirit that came to all the individuals. So God gives an interpretation to every single person and then unifies the interpretation to bring it back to Jesus. What if this Pentecost, this weekend, June 5th, we push past what has separated us in the past? What if we push past? What if we, what if we just, what if we just push past it? What if we, what if we just push past race in our city? There's white churches, there are black churches, there are Pentecostal churches. What if we push past denominationalism? You know, there's no, you know, what if we, what if we push past, what if we push past young and old? There's a young church, they're the older church. Why don't we just hang out together? Listen, seriously. Now, I, I, I mean, honestly, I know at some point, at some point, you, you know, some people are going to have to wear earphones because the music's too loud, right? But that's okay. Wear earphones. Let's hang out together. It, it doesn't, black and white church, at, at some point, we're going to have to hang out together. And, and listen, if the, in, in the African-American church, if there's whooping, which is like, come on, Jesus, then I don't even know where that came from. We have to get used to the whoop because whoop is cultural. And if you're a Baptist church and you hang out with a Pentecostal church, then we have to respect one another and we have to love one another. See, the church is interdenominational. It's interracial. The church, the church in Revelation said every tribe, tongue, and nation, every, all of them. Let's have a family reunion every year in Tampa. Let's, let's have a family reunion every single year in Tampa. We need it. That's why we're going to together. Don't, if, you're watching, if you're watching and you're having service, we love you. Don't come to any of the campuses June 5th, Sunday, June 5th. We're all going to be at Steinbrenner Field. Okay? And somebody said the rapture didn't happen. It might happen tomorrow. I'm not sure. Um. The rapture, the rapture didn't happen, but we will all be together. We're praying. Listen, 50 churches. I don't know of anywhere. And I, I, I've, I've been, we've been praying for 22 years. I don't know of any other place. And there are lots of places. There are lots of great things. God, the church is doing wonderful things. I don't know of any other place in the nation that's gathering 50 churches with three to 5,000 people. I don't know. And, and this year, and I know, I know we're excited. Listen, when, can we pray that God would break down every barrier between pastors, that he would break down every barrier, every barrier, all the territory, all the things that keep us separated. What can, can, can we pray? Because God said, if we're unified, then he commands the blessing. He commands it. There's, there is a command pull from earth to heaven and heaven comes to earth. We bind and loose. And God, what if, I want to ask you a question. What if we experience Pentecost in Tampa like they did in the first century tomorrow?
Boy, we need it. The definition of unity in Merriam-Webster, the quality or state of not being multiple. So there's beauty in our diversity. What we need is oneness. What we need is oneness. Pastor, what do you mean? Are we all going to preach the same, talk the same, walk the same? Absolutely not. We're all going to see the same. We're all going to say the same. We're all going to see the same and say, Jesus is Lord. And we're all going to say the same. Jesus is Lord. Jesus Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Look, if we, can, if, if we can major on the majors and minor on the minors, God will come to this place. God will come to this place. It's a condition of harmony. Unity is a condition of harmony. It's being in one accord, different notes being in one accord. You know, Honda is the official car of the Bible. Because it says all the disciples were in one accord. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for being patient. All the different voices blending together as one. All the different styles, all the different genres, all the different denominations. It's the quality or state of being made one, unification. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. John 13, 35, 34 and 35. And a new command I give you, Jesus said, love one another. Watch this. As I have loved you. It's a new commandment. Why did he say a new commandment? Because the commandments, as, as he came into the earth, you've got all this religious, uh, religious systems and systems and systems. You've got all this stuff going on. And he says, stop, church, stop. I want you to love one another. I want you to love one another. You're brothers and sisters. I want you to love each other. I want you to love different denominations. I want you to love different races. I want you to love different colors. I love different languages. I want you to love. Why? Because you have me in common. You have me in common. As I have loved you, so you must love one another by this. By what? By your love one for another. All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Our love for one another is the window through which the world sees Jesus. I want to ask you a question. How do you think we're doing? (laughs) I think we can do better, can't we? We're a hundred times larger than LGBTQ plus LMNOP. (laughs) We're a hundred times larger, a hundred We have far, 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 far more resources. Far more. And far more influence. If we could just love one another, the world would see the Savior. It's Jesus that builds the bridge to a better life. It's not a boastful promise. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. Jesus came and he's coming again. Jesus is Lord church. He's the, he's the builder of the bridge. He's the thing that every person in every language and in every nation and at all times, it's what they're looking for. It's what every fad, it's what every, it's what every person on planet earth is needing is him. 
everyone, in every time, in every season. Let me say this, in every culture, Jesus is Lord. A young girl, unaccustomed to traveling, was taking a train ride through the country, and it happened that in the course of the day, her train was supposed to cross two branches of a river and several wide streams. The water seen in the distance created fear and doubt in the child. She didn't understand how it would safely be crossed. As the day drew near, they came to the river. However, a bridge appeared and safely furnished a way over the river. Two or three times the experience was repeated and finally the child leaned back with a long breath of relief and said, somebody has put bridges for us all the way. This is life. We fear so many evils and troubles look dark ahead. So many difficulties seem insurmountable. But as we personally advance in the power of God, as we understand Pentecost and we let our lives be changed and we're filled to overflowing and we love other people and see other people's lives change, that's what it's all about. God makes a way. And there's a way for us to get through all, everybody say all, all All the things we're facing, all the things you're facing as an individual in your marriage, with your children, your finances in the school, all the things we're facing, God makes a way. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. God, God builds a bridge and he did it through his son. Would you join me in praying? Every voice say, Lord Jesus, today I surrender. I give you my life fully, no holding back. We hope you enjoyed that message from Pastor Greg Dumas. Don't forget you can watch all of our messages on demand and our live broadcast when you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. We hope to worship with you in person at one of our campuses this weekend. For all times and locations, visit our website at wearecrossing.com.